0: This is Rachel. Today is Tuesday, February 16th, 2021. Two days ago, on Valentine's Day, February 14th, I did quite probably the hardest thing that I have ever done in my life. Last Wednesday, I was exactly 18 weeks pregnant. I had just had a visit with my midwife and heard my baby's heartbeat, saw that he was growing. And even got to take a quick little peek at him although we didn't know he was a him at that point point. and all was well on Friday night my sister and her husband flew down to visit us for just a fun weekend with us in Texas Saturday morning when I went to the bathroom I noticed a little bit of blood And because of my history, I contacted my midwife who put me on bed rest for the rest of the weekend. And most of the day, I didn't have any bleeding. Um, I didn't do anything all day either. On Sunday morning, in the wee hours of the morning, I went to the bathroom and noticed a lot more blood. So I waited until seven o'clock when I contacted my midwife who told me to go to the hospital. So I woke my husband up and said, we need to go to the hospital and we pulled on our clothes and our girls were actually outside already enjoying the snow and woke up my sister and said, we have to go to the hospital. Can you watch our kids? So we drove carefully to the hospital. We actually spun out once on the icy roads because Texas is not prepared to deal with snow and got to the emergency room where they sent me to the labor and delivery triage room. The nurse who admitted me was named Tanya and she tried to find the baby's heartbeat for a minute or two, but couldn't, which isn't actually unusual when you have a placenta that's attached in the front. So she just hooked me up to a monitor to see if I was having contractions and said that she was gonna get a sonogram ordered and the doctor was in surgery but he would come by when he was done so my husband and i waited in the triage room for a, over an hour and then the sonogram lady came and she got the sonogram machine already she put it on my belly for a few seconds and then said it looks like you have a full bladder how about you go to the bathroom and then we'll keep going so i went to the bathroom and when i came out of the bathroom the nurse and her were gone and we waited a few minutes for them to come back they came back and when the sonographer who was a really sweet lady entered the room she's like i just want to let you know i'm not a doctor i can't read the results but we'll make sure the doctor sees them and gets back to you shortly but she moved the sonogram machine so i couldn't see what Um, was happening inside of my uterus and while she was scanning my belly the doctor walked in they had a little interaction and the doctor bluntly said your baby does not have a heartbeat that was clearly not the news that my husband and i wanted to hear and in a state of shock we decided that we were going to stay at that hospital and deliver the baby and the doctor and the nurse left us, and my husband and I fell into each other's arms and were both just sobbing. Tanya came back after a little bit and brought us to the labor and delivery unit. On the way there, she stopped at the room that was right next to the room I was going to be in, which was room 16 and said, this is a special room that we have for the babies who don't make it, where we take care of them, we clean them up, we get them ready, and we just honor and respect them. And as we left the room, which was set up like a little nursery, she said, and this room is really special to me because a bunch of people donated money and dedicated this room to my daughter, Chloe Faith, who I also lost she said that with tears in her eyes and she said, I know what you're going through. It's really hard. So around noon, everything was hooked up. I had had a whole bunch of labs drawn. They wanted to make sure I was doing okay and then they drew a lot of extra labs to see if they would be able to tell what had happened to the baby and then I needed to be induced so they gave me some pills and said every four hours for about four or five times, we'll give you these pills until your body is dilated and your uterus is contracting so that you can push the baby out. I had used these pills in the past and I wasn't entirely hopeful that they would work, but when you are under a doctor's orders, you have to do what he says. So, um, they gave me the medicine and I, laid in bed for four hours and then at the end of four hours nothing was really happening so the nurse came back and said I want you to go to the bathroom we're gonna do the pills again so I went to the bathroom and discovered that the pills had not even been absorbed and they came out of my body which I reported to her which was a first for her I said really these pills don't always work for me I've had them So she went and contacted the doctor who came and said, no, we're gonna use these pills. Um, I'm gonna put one in and we'll just keep doing this for four or five more times until they work. So skeptical me was not very hopeful even more, but he put the medicine in. That was around 4.30. At around six, I started having painful contractions and then all of a sudden something felt weird and i was readjusting myself in bed and then i wanted to see what was happening and all of a sudden there was a voice in the room that said can i help you somehow i had not pressed the call button but the call button had been pressed the call light thing was not even on the bed it was not near me at all um I said, actually, there is something going on if you could send my nurse in. My nurse's name was Patty, and she was wonderful. She was so kind, and she was an advocate for me, and I really just appreciated her. Um, so Patty came in, I was like, and investigated, and discovered that my water had just broken. So she changed the pads and then over the course of the next like 30 minutes they had to change the pads a lot of times because when your water breaks, it gets messy. And the contractions really quickly started becoming really intense and painful. And they were really close together. at one point she said, okay, the baby's going to come soon. I was like, what does soon mean? She was like, well, I don't think it's going to take that long, she didn't give me a time frame. Um, And this was really hard, because the nurse just left said, call me when something changes. And so I was in the room, holding Paul's hand, and going through painful contractions. They hadn't let me eat anything, although my husband had snuck me in a Subway sandwich, so I had taken clandestine bites of a Subway sandwich behind my mask. All afternoon but i hadn't really eaten anything the day before so i can't take pain medicine on an empty stomach or mostly empty stomach and so um around 6:20, i think i asked for some ibuprofen because that doesn't really bother me and it helps um but i was just laying there in super a lot of pain knowing that there was not going to be any joy at the end And we were by ourselves and Paul was holding my hand and just being with me and then at 6.37 I had a really big push and then everything came out of my uterus. The baby came out in the sac and my placenta came out and then we intentionally pressed the call button and then a bunch of nurses came and the doctor came and they took the baby and the placenta and they took it over to the other side of the room and the doctor said this is really the best case scenario everything came out i'm just going to check and make sure everything really did come out and so they checked and then he got the baby out of the sack and the nurses brought him over to me and we saw he was a boy I was a little scared, I had been scared all afternoon to hold him because I didn't know what he would look like and what it would be like. My husband took him and was holding him, he fit, he was 6 inches long and he fit in his hand. He was so tiny but he had all the body parts, his little, my husband put his little hand on his finger and just seeing his tiny little fingers on my husband's hand made me want to hold him myself so my husband put his tiny little body in my hands and I saw his ears and I saw his feet and his nose and his eyes his little head he was just so tiny the nurses said we're gonna let you be actually I guess they had given us the baby and said we're gonna let you be for a while but Tanya had said I want you to make sure that you take pictures because you're just gonna be really thankful for those pictures later." So then we started taking some pictures and I told my husband we really need to have a name for him and the boy names that or the boy name that we had picked out um, didn't really seem to fit and my husband said we should call him Promise because when we go through tragedy God promises that he will always be with us so we named him promise and then um earlier that day the tanya had said um if you want your pastor to come after the baby is born i know it's covid and everything but we will let your pastor come we know this is a really hard time so we will make an exception for you there's this really close couple to us who, he used to be one of our associate pastors and they have just been there for us and they love us and they love our kids. And so I asked if um, our pastor and his wife could come. And even though they're not currently our pastors now and we love our current pastor and his wife, but um, and she got permission that they would be able to come And then we got permission from Patty, who was the day nurse, and she said, oh yeah, they can both come. And, um, this was at shift change, so our new nurse, Kaylin, who was also really great and loving, um, was like, can our pastor and his wife come up? And she went and got permission again, and right at that time, um, my friend texted me and said we are really close and we can come whenever." And they didn't even know that Baby Promise had been born yet. They just wanted to be close by because it it had started snowing outside and it was more or less a Texas blizzard with really terrible road conditions. And so I said, actually, you can come up now. Just make sure you tell them that you're our pastors. Um, so they knocked on our door about five minutes later and as soon as my friend walked in the room um, I started crying again and she was crying and she came and she just hugged me for many minutes the husband was hugging my husband and then Paul showed him baby promise and then when my friend um Step back from me a tiny little bit. Paul put Promise on, I was still in bed, so he put him kind of on my lap, and then we were just all looking at him together. And it was really, really special that they were there with us. And they read scripture for us. They just encouraged us how we needed to be loved on in person. they prayed for us, and they were just with us. It was a really big gift from God that they had been able to drive to the hospital, and that the hospital let them in to be with us. Um, After they left, we were looking at Baby Promise, and we discovered, because the doctor didn't really look at him, that the umbilical cord had been really tightly wrapped around his neck, and when the nurse came in, she counted how many times it was wrapped around his neck four times. So um, that was really painful to see because that's how he died. Um, but at the same time, it was really painful, but it was also kind of freeing for me because. At that moment I knew that it wasn't anything wrong with my body or something that I had done that had ended his life and so um, Kaylin took him away she um, said I'm gonna bring him to Chloe's room now and she treated him with such dignity and care and gentleness it really spoke healing a little bit to my heart um, she was acknowledging that this was a life and that all life is precious even even when love life in it is gone all life is still precious she also weighed promise because this hospital has this really cool ministry where as long as the baby weighs under 350 grams if the family chooses Um, they can just give them to the hospital and the hospital will cremate them. And then once a month they spread their ashes in their garden of hope. And we chose to do that. So she took promise away to Chloe's room to get him ready for that, to clean him up. And just to get him prepared for that, which didn't happen when we were there. Um, And then I wanted to just go home from the hospital and go home to be with my kids and just to be away from a hospital unit where other ladies are giving birth to normal healthy babies. But the doctor said, oh no, you have to stay overnight. You just had a baby. Your body is going through all the same things and we cannot let you leave. And the nurses knew how much I wanted to go home and but they're also under the doctor's orders they work with him and they did a really good job of like validating me and how much i wanted to go home but also doing what they were supposed to be doing and they said we or kaylin said i have to draw your labs around five in the morning and if they are okay then i will call the doctor and hopefully he'll discharge you. If he doesn't, then there's another doctor coming on at eight o'clock and he for sure will discharge you. So, um, my husband read out loud to me from the book he was reading for a while, which was just normal and comforting and um, discovered that thanks to my pilot brother, who has my parents as like buddies. My mom had been able to fly standby to visit us despite the Texas blizzard. And um, she was at my house. Um, I didn't worry, the whole time I was at the hospital, I was not worried at all about my kids, my sister and her husband. I just completely trust them. Um, But it was really nice to know that my mom was gonna be there whenever I was allowed to go back home. Um, but my husband was reading and then at ten fifteen, I had slept like four hours that night cause I had been bleeding and I was worried. I was like, we should probably try to get some rest. And I was still in the super uncomfortable labor and delivery bed. My husband dragged his chair next to me and reclined it and I laid down We turned the lights out, and we, um, kind of started dozing, and then my nurse came in around midnight with a more comfortable bed, which was really nice, but still kind of hard because I just, I just wanted my husband to hold me, but there's not room on a small hospital bed for two people, so God gave me sleep for about three hours and then i woke up and was just waiting and the nurse came in around four thirty and drew my labs and then went back out and then um a little after six she came and said your labs were all fine the doctor said you could go so i'm gonna discharge you which i wasn't really expecting based on my past interactions with the doctor but she got me all ready and at 6.34 we left the hospital, which was a little bit hard to walk past all the people and know, like, they don't usually discharge people to home from the labor and delivery unit. They hadn't had a room for me upstairs, which actually I was really thankful for because I didn't want to go up to the normal mother baby unit and be like close to normal healthy babies so it was a blessing that they couldn't move me up there Then it was weird because I was being discharged where they don't normally discharge people to go home but the nurses there were all so kind to me they were so loving they they were just big blessings and then my husband and I Started driving home, and it had snowed, so there was lots of snow on the roads. And we drove past power outages because Texas just isn't super prepared for negative one degree weather where we live. Um, and we picked up some donuts on the way home because it was gonna be like right around breakfast when we got home, or before breakfast actually. And while my husband was getting the donuts, the song, The Eye of the Storm, by Ryan Stevenson came on the radio and I just started crying because this was not what I wanted to happen. This was not what God did not create life to die. And he didn't create it to die, especially so young. So this was not at all what I wanted. But the song just reminded me again of why we named our baby boy promise because God is with us in the storm and he loves us so completely and he's never gonna leave us alone and so we got home and then it brought new grief of having to process it again and talk about it and um, to our family and our girls they took it really well which was a blessing but just because people take things well doesn't take away the sadness and the sorrow and the hurting of what happened. And so today is a day later and I I have that peace that passes understanding that only comes from God because there are so many people who are praying for me and loving on me. I have two really good friends, one of them also delivered her baby boy at 18 weeks and the other one delivered her daughter full-term and her daughter lived, I think about 11 minutes and then she passed away knowing that they went through what I have gone through now and I'm still going through has been really encouraging to me because I know that they did not grow bitter and they they survived and so I know that I can too and it doesn't take away the pain and it doesn't take away the hurt and it doesn't take away like opening my fridge and seeing things that I really craved that don't really matter so much anymore. Having my little lad, he has a little train and he was running across my belly at lunchtime saying, train over baby and things like that. They're just reminders that I'm not pregnant anymore and I'm not going to have a baby to hold in like 4 months to 4 or 5 months to love on and interact with and just be a mom to and it's really hard. But in the midst of the hardness, I know that God is with me and I don't know why. He allowed the umbilical cord to be wrapped around the baby's neck, and I don't know why he took the life. But I know that he is with me, and I know that he cares, and I know that my husband loves me deeply, and he is with me. And I know, I know that I am so loved, and I know that God has a reason for this to happen. And I know that he wants me to be a testimony of him and his faithfulness, even in the heart. And so I am, I'm thankful. I am, I am in the midst of my deep sorrow, super thankful that God is with me and that he loves me and he knows that it's really hard and he knows that this is not what I wanted to happen. But he is not done with my story yet. And even though Promise's heart stopped beating, the the short little life that Promise lived can still be a testimony of God's faithfulness and the intricacy of new life. Just seeing a little baby who has all of the parts he's supposed to, but it's just super tiny. God is a masterful creator and life really does just come from him. And I'm thankful for that. And I wouldn't choose to have this happen again. And I... If I could go back in time, I will say, God, please don't let this happen. But this is what happened and I just cling to knowing that He loves me and that He is with me. And He- God is not scared of me asking hard questions and while I probably won't get them answered, I don't need to stay focused on the questions, I just need to stay focused on the fact that God loves me and there are people who are behind me and around me and just supporting me and because of them I know I have the peace that passes all understanding. There's no way that I could be doing this without the support of all the people around me who love me. I. There's just no way that I could describe this peace. Even in the pain, and even in the suffering, I have the peace that only comes from God. Sharing this story so soon after it happened is really hard for me. It's hard for me to look at the pictures that we took of baby promise. But I know that I need to declare even, even in the middle of it, that God is faithful and he loves. And... He is by my side and so I want you to be encouraged as you listen to this that we go through some really really terrible tragic things and I'm probably not going to know why until I get to heaven and even though it's hard not to know why I don't need to know why I just need to trust God that he loves me and he has a plan for me and so i'm gonna end this little tidbit from my life from the last week with psalm 23 and this is in the esv version the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters he restores my soul he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So that is the hope and the encouragement that I leave with you and I would welcome your prayers right now I want to keep I want to keep living well for God and um, but it's just hard right now so thank you for listening and thank you for praying for me and just remember that the Lord he is our shepherd and he does take care of us even when it's hard.